The Capital Weekly Podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Funding for the Capital Weekly Podcast is provided by the California Endowment and by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Uh, greetings and welcome to the Capital Weekly Podcast. I'm John Howard. I'm joined by Tim Foster. Hello. And our special guest today is Michelle Doherty of the Associated Builders and Contractors, Northern California. And um, we're going to chat about a number of things, but I wanted to talk a little bit about safety, construction site safety. I saw a note uh, a few days ago about a statewide safety break at construction sites. And I was going to ask you about that. What was involved in that and how did that go? Oh, well, thanks, John, for asking. It went very well. Uh, What we did is what's called a safety stand down. This is something we've used over the years in the industry when there's an important message that needs to get out to all workers. And how we stress the importance is by stopping work. And in this model, it was a little different because we had to utilize much more social distancing. And we used uh, things like uh, Facebook and other so that we could get our messages out. And what we did is we took that 30 minutes to focus on worker safety. We've done two stand downs now. We did one uh, around the first of the month and one at the end of the month, just again to stress the importance of the best practices that workers could do on the job site. And you sort of gather the workers together? You sort of gather them together, or yes. you know, keeping them apart. I mean, the six or eight feet. Correct. Away. But you sort of gather them together and give them a rundown on things that they need to be mindful of as they go forward with with their work. Yes, and what we did for a lot of folks to again stress the importance of social distancing is we send them either podcasts or, like I said, we used uh, Facebook and YouTube to pre-record our messages so that people could stand apart but yet hear and see the importance of uh, the different safety protocols we were teaching them. You know, what's sort of amazing very is, well um, attended. you know, during this shutdown or shelter in place, uh, if you go out and drive around a bit, I don't as much obviously as I used to, but when I go out, the one thing that seems to be vibrant and seems to be going great guns is construction, at least in Sacramento. If I drive in and out of Sacramento, I'll go, um, you know, the downtown area, going to Midtown. There just seems to be apartment houses and residential construction and, you know, public construction, the state office buildings. It just seems to be going just full speed ahead. And there's so many detours as you go into town. There's so many different routes you've got to take to get to a place you used to go to, you know, in a straight line. So the construction industry seems to me is right now is kind of thriving. I wouldn't say thriving because we still did have a lot of shutdowns, but it is definitely sustaining. I'm very proud of the fact that our governor understood the importance of construction in the state. And so I think by him sending that message that this work is so vital. And just today, uh, we were in the nine uh, area counties that had been having more restrictions um, across the way that have extended the uh, stay in shelter in place for another month, have also loosened again uh, more construction to be done because I, I think everybody recognizes that we can't compound this health epidemic and issues that we're having by then not having the housing and infrastructure we need as a state to survive. Yeah. I think the outdoor... The other thing... I'm sorry, go ahead. 
I think the other issue really comes to play is that our industry is so overseen by safety regulations that it was a good industry that could really com comply with the COVID-19 uh, restrictions. So I think that's what's left a little bit more flexibility for our industry. Now, have you heard anything uh, regarding people that actually are getting coronavirus and COVID virus on the job? Have you, have there been any incidents of that that you're aware of for construction workers? Not in California, knock on wood. So far, we've been pretty good. Uh, all of our members have been okay. And just to put it in perspective, we have uh, over 800 apprentices. Now, with that 800 apprentices, just in our ABC apprenticeship program, we ha did have about uh, 15 that had exposure situations, whether it was at home or with somebody they lived with. But so far, every single individual has um, come through that 14-day wait period um, and has not contracted COVID. So we've been very blessed. The state basically has been waiting uh, or hoping to get better testing going forward. Actually, not just this state, but every state, I think. Um, is the testing of construction workers, in, from what you've seen, is it going forward well? Is there a lack there? Does it need to be improved? Do you have any thoughts about that? We haven't been seeing much testing, as you all know. What we have been seeing, um, and most contractors have been putting into, the, into place, is self-reporting and ensuring that people are doing the proper things to disclose if they are not feeling well, if they are showing any symptoms. Most all construction sites have a document that they have in place that workers need to sign daily um, to you know, identify their own safety assessment, um, as well as a lot of job sites are doing temperature testing and things of that nature, staggering when people come in to reduce uh, how many people are walking into even the job sites at a time, having people uh, wash their hands prior to even starting working, and of course, utilizing face coverings. So uh, we've not been able to really see a lot of headway on the testing side, we'd love to. Uh, so in the meantime, what we've been doing is a lot of self-assessments. Just before we started the podcast, we were chatting, you'd mentioned masks, uh, being thousands of masks actually being delivered. I, I'm not quite sure I caught the end of that. Was it to construction sites or to workers and trying to, as another safety precaution? Uh, could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yes. One of the things I looked into right away when uh, the industry was getting back to work and I saw that the governor was going to really leave us open to work. So what we did at ABC is I wanted to make sure our workers could work safely. So just as of yesterday, uh, we have personally delivered over 31,000 masks to companies and their workers just here in Northern California, um, trying to make sure that everybody can feel uh, protected and protect those they're around by wearing that face mask and you know keeping their germs to themselves. Uh, were you able so to we're negotiate very being able to do that? Uh, were you able to negotiate um, with companies to get the masks that are I mean that provide masks here in California? Was this a national thing? Uh, I know your outfit has actually got you're a national outfit, not just Northern California. Um, how did you get the mask? I guess my basic question. How were you able to get them? A lot of people are looking for them and can't find ones they want. So maybe there's a you have a secret recipe we can all follow. 
Yeah, so it's, it's not easy. And it wasn't without stubbing my toes and seeing, you know, there is a lot of bad actors out there trying to price gouge or take advantage. Um, I personally knew of a company that uh, worked to actually take medical equipment that is not being used in different states and they would sell it, wholesale it out to other states. So they're an, they're an odd company and I reached out to them and said, hey, I know you guys work in the, this weird area, can you maybe help to get masks? What we're trying to do is ensure that we're not taking masks from uh, the medical industry because they need it the most. However, we, we're, we need it too. And so what we did is we were able to work to get the three ply and the KN95s in bulk. Uh, it did take up to three weeks, but we were able to get them now because we ordered them so long ago. And when we had ordered them, it was funny at that time, um, out of the public outcry, majority of our contractors had given their masks away to the medical industry as they had been requested to. So that's one of the things when I saw that happening, I'm like, oh, we better get on being in the next batch of getting masks because when it comes down, we're going to need them. And I'm glad we did that. You know, I think I heard, um, I think it's in the Bay Area, they were talking about as they phase in uh, reopening businesses, the first likely would be outdoor business construction, for example. A lot of construction obviously is done outdoors. That and landscaping would be two businesses, two industries that could phase in sooner than others might be able to. Is that something that you've heard or something that would make sense to you in terms of construction and, and building? Absolutely. And uh, actually to, uh, today, the various counties in the Bay Area have reached out and done just that to where they are going to be opening up things like landscaping and others. And the reason being is you're out in the open, you're not in a confined space, and you're able to, to do the work needed um, with very little in-person interaction with others. And I think that's one of the things that people uh, may not understand about construction. There's very little personal interaction um, on a lot of our tasks. Yeah. Uh -huh. They're very individual. You know, I did construction in um, when I was in college, and I, I loved it and I hated it. I loved it because it was really good dough. I was making more, I was making double what I was making doing anything else I did in college. And I, and I was just doing labor on basically residential construction projects, mostly apartments or four of us that were working on a crew. It was mostly apartment houses uh, and some housing, some, you know, single family residential units. But it was great. The money was great. But the work was so hard, I couldn't believe it. I was just, I was just burnt out. And the end of doing maybe a couple of years of that, I thought, this is why I'm going to college, <laughs> so I don't have to go to these <laughs> sites. And this was down in San Diego, and it was just like, it was so hard to do. But it was something I, I was glad to get through, and it actually helped in a lot of ways financially. But the physical labor, the physical work, was really amazing. And so I, I go, I'll drive by construction projects and see these guys working, and I think, oh my God. It, it's amazing how hard the work is for me personally, how hard it was, you know. And then we're having to wear like a mask in addition to that. And when it's hot out and then sweating, sweating in your mask, I mean, it just seems like it's pretty uncomfortable. I don't know. It seemed to me. 
Well, and, and we're being proactive right now. I think it's important be, uh, because the weather is starting to heat up that we are watching, um, you know, for heat illness in our workers because they are now having um, some coverings on their face. It just adds another layer. Um, but that's one of the things we teach our workers is how to, you know, stay cool in those hot situations. And I think one of the things that's exciting for keeping our work open is if you think about it, you know, we're able to, whether it's uh, building a new building or, you know, working outdoor on a, a bridge or an infrastructure project, we can do that work um, in, without that close proximity to others. I look at it and the people I worry most for right now in the state, to be honest, is our cashiers at the grocery store. You know, I find that job much more dangerous in, in a COVID-19 world than any trades worker uh, position. Do you have any notion about the level of safety uh, for construction workers as far as, I don't know how you would measure this, injuries per thousand or uh, by whatever metric you use? Do you have some notion about how dangerous construction work actually is, whether it's public like infrastructure, whether it's residential or private? Is there, do you have any numbers out there? I'll work to get you those. I don't have them handy because every type of construction has different uh, safety risks. Yeah, um, uh -huh, sure. And again, it really depends on type and scope of project. Uh -huh. um, and so every trade, OSHA, on the OSHA website, they actually list all of the various national safety statistics, whether it's being on a roof or working in electrical, you name it, they've got it by trade by nation. So if somebody's looking to get into the industry and wants to know how safe am I, that's the first thing to look at. But more important than trade, it's ensuring you're with a company that believes in safety and lives it, doesn't just say it. And I'm really proud. We had a couple of our contractors, ABC contractors, that went on to jobs right when uh, the restrictions came into place and their GCs had not complied. So several of our ABC members that believe in safety of their workers said, we're going to walk off this project until it's safe and in work with you, general contractor, to make sure all the trades are being safe before we expose our workers. And I think having that kind of safety leaders in the industry has really improved safety for the individuals. And we're seeing that more and more construction. Like when I got into the industry, like you, um, I did it to pay for college and I worked really hard and it was dangerous. And it was the safety that's there today did not exist um, years ago. And the industry has matured so much in understanding that our human capital is the most important thing, way more important than productivity. So we're willing to, you know, bend a little on productivity if it means we can really increase the safety of the job sites. Well, I do credit when, construction work in college with uh, developing my love of beer. Definitely. It was after <laughs> that. That's how I started like that. So it was good. Tim, were you going to say something? I think I interrupted you. Yeah. I was I was saying, are you seeing any disruptions in the supply chain? Are, are you able to get the materials, the building materials that you want? Are you you know running into shortages? What What is that looking like? There have been, there have been shortages, um, especially with the manufacturers of raw materials and construction products, um, as well as sanitation companies, um, 
making sure that they can get material, you know, materials to the job sites that we need. Um, where, where we've really seen hiccups is throughout the nation. If a manufacturer has a COVID exposure situation, you know, that facility is then shut down until um, they can clear it um, and then certify it to be safe again for workers. So we have had some of those hiccups. And it just, we've also seen just getting material from one end of the country to the other, or if it's coming in internationally, there definitely has been a delay in getting the materials that, that we require. But our contractors have been pretty darn creative and have found a way to make it work. I think due to so many areas restricting how much construction could be done, it really did offset uh, the true severity um, on the material shortages. Do you know what the outlook is for that going forward? Uh, is it still a problem? Does it look like it's improving? Um, does it depend on geographically where you are? It does depend geographically where you are um, because every state um, has different levels of restrictions on what can be done in that state at this time. And so it has been a case-by-case -case situation um, and it has created some creativity. Uh, some people have had to utilize different manufacturers than they prefer just to go with a manufacturer in a state that's open to working. Mm -hmm. you, We've been uh, very fortunate here in California. You folks had done a um, 2020 safety performance report. What was involved with that? I know that you had mentioned that. I think Nita also mentioned it as well. But what was what's involved in that? Our safety training and evaluation process, we call it STEP. Our STEP um, safety, is, what we do is we actually work with our contractors evaluating their OSHA uh, 300 logs and having them self-report on their safety practices as a company. And through that safety management system that we use, we're able to actually document how, how our contractors, by following the steps that we've laid out for them, how much safer they are. We really are making safety part of a company's DNA. And what we have is 25 key components that we utilize to, to really weight a company's safety program and and we use it to reduce our job site incidents. So just to give an example, our step members, certified staff members nationally are 827% safer than industry average. And this is based on the BLS and TRIR. So if you think about that, that's it's we're, we must be doing something right with this evaluation process because our members truly are, um, by using it, enhancing the way they do safety, which then keeps their employees safe, which is number one, ensures they're safe for the community, which is number two, but it also reduces their mod rate. So being safe, you know, saves you money. It makes it, you money, to be honest. Is, is that what led to the safety break? You mentioned there was one early in the month, one late in the month. Is this separate from that report? Is this a separate thing that you do it every year or are you going to start doing it annually or? or more often than that even? It is separate from the actual step process that we do, but it's not um, something out of the norm. We utilize safety stand downs um, through ABC 
on a pretty regular basis. When we see an uptick in a safety issue um, across the nation, we take that time to stop, address it, and to try to mitigate further incidents in the future. So we use a stand downs are a great way for companies to take a moment and any company can do a stand down. It doesn't need to be just construction. If there's an issue that is putting workers on a regular basis, you know, in danger, then you have to stop everybody top down and bottom up and take a moment to discuss the issue and ways to, to avoid or mitigate the safety risk. It's a very simple tool. And so one of the things that we do is we provide what we call as uh, tailgate talks. And what those tailgate talks are just simple um, informational sheets that the company can then share the training with the workers in addition to videos and things of that nature. But it's just, it's taking that time to say safety is important. Let's take this issue and really talk about it and make sure we as a company agree that we're going to do things the right way. So looking forward, um, what's the outlook that you see as to coping with the COVID-19 epidemic and getting out uh, more, getting out back into, into normal construction mode as you were before this thing hit? Do you see this happening in the near future, the distant future, or is there some new metric, some new program that's going to be developing that you'll be following? Well, there are, I think we're forever changed, and um, I don't know that it's all a bad thing to be changed. It has just taken our safety practices we already had and really put it on steroids. So I think some of our safety that has come up with our you know, germ mitigation, some of that's going to stay because whether it's COVID-19 or influenza, you know, any, you know, now what we're doing is sanitizing our hand tools and really ensuring we have the best hand washing stations and good sanitized restrooms for our workers. And we're telling them, you know, not to huddle up in groups in, you know, if not needed. These are just common sense things. Washing our hands, this is not something new. We were taught, you know, in kindergarten, but it's, it's really this new hyper-focus is not going to go away. And I think that's okay. I think us really taking the time to really be better ambassadors for health and safety is a good thing. Um, so, and I'm hoping that by us leading and being world-class leaders in safety, some of the tools and techniques that we're putting in place in construction can be carried over to other industries. Do you think they'll last uh, over the long term after this crisis has passed? I think there's something going forward that we'll be doing in a permanent way. Maybe looking forward, will we have more? We'll have more social distancing as a matter of course. Maybe there'll be more mask wearing as a matter of course. Uh, even before we had this epidemic, I used to see people wear masks all the time. It was, I thought it was an anti-pollution thing, or you know, I'm not quite sure what. But um, so, do you see some of the things we're doing now sticking around after we get over this pandemic? I think it's going to really be a hit and miss. I think. Uh, for companies, especially at construction, I think they'll keep some of these safety protocols and just make them part of their safety plans. And when you have a safety plan as a company, you submit that, and that is what is followed. So I do believe a lot of the 
protocols for our industry will stay in place. On as a public citizen, I think it's going to be real hit and miss because um, even now it's been hit and miss. Some people take it very serious and others um, not at all. So I think it's going to really depend on the the leadership of that those various industries as well as communities to decide how how much they want to remind folks about these safety measures. And again, if we don't pay attention, we'll get reminded the next time something comes out really scary. And I think people will react. The one thing I do believe is I think people will react a lot faster to the next potential pandemic type um, issue because now everybody knows what it looks like to have to go this long without working. Great, great. Michelle Doherty, thank you very much. Thank you for taking the time and chatting with us today. Tim Foster, thank you very much. Sure. Thanks, John. And this is John Howard. Anytime, and, uh, John. Yeah. Thanks again. And we'll talk to you soon. Take care.